1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Foot Candle Films here on the Mesh TV. I am Alan. He is Chris. Hello, and we're here to talk some movies with you. Uh, this will be a little bit of an abbreviated episode. We've got a little bit of a scheduling conflict, so we're just going to push through with two reviews of films, especially now that we're in the heated Oscar season, two films that are getting a lot of attention for Oscar nominations that were announced just a few weeks ago. We're not going to get deep into the Oscar nominations today. We'll wait for another episode we're going to record in the very near future to do that. So today is really just going to be two reviews, two new films uh, that are both getting great Oscar nominations. One is the latest Leonardo DiCaprio film, The Revenant. The other one is Brie Larson starring in Room. So with that, we're going to jump right into those two reviews. Chris, if you're ready to go. I am. All right, great. First one is the latest from Mr. Leonardo DiCaprio in full starring mode. It is The Revenant.
2: The latest film, not only from DiCaprio, the star, but also Alejandro Gonzalez in
1: That's the main reason I let you introduce this one, because I have a hard time rolling that off my tongue.
2: Mr. Alejandro. There you go. He was the guy who gave us Birdman, which we reviewed on this show. Yeah. He won Best Picture and I believe Best Director as well in the Oscars. Um, The Revenant has been nominated for a slew of awards this year.
1: Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Director.
2: Yep, cinematography I believe is maybe so on there. sure okay. Um, so, Alan, yep, having seen the film, yep. uh, what is your just off the take? You know, do you think it's live is living up to the hype of all the nominations? And you, what, what's your, what's your take on DiCaprio and what many people feel this may be his year, his role to actually take home a statue?
1: Right, I don't think it's picture of the year. Okay, I think, I think it's a good film <laughs> and I think technically speaking I really appreciate the film
2: well, let me, let me okay. you know, for those of you who've been living under a rock or in a cave let me give you a brief description of what this film's about sure. it's built as an adventure drama thriller hmm. a frontiersman <laughs> on a fur trading expedition in the 1820s fights for survival after being mauled by a bear and left for dead by members of his own hunting team Mr. DiCaprio plays the main dude who gets mauled by a bear, and another guy, which I think it's worth mentioning, Tom Hardy plays mm-hmm. a person that was in his party that then kind of leads Fitzgerald. Him. Yeah, yeah, Fitzgerald. What's his name? That's yeah, right.
1: DiCaprio plays Hugh Glass, and uh, Tom Hardy, John Fitzgerald. You got Don Hall Gleason in here. We do uh, uh, General Hux from the Star Wars movie, and, and an quite a lot of other
2: things. So. And an interesting. Uh, kind of opposite of the character he played in General Hux. I remember commenting on the show how I thought he was kind of... I don't know. It was like he was in a different movie or mm-hmm. he was trying to parody himself in mm-hmm. that role. Like, this this film, it's like, yep, that's the dumb hog Leeson I know. Yeah. He's
1: acting normally. <laughs> so. Um, so I will say I did like the movie. Uh, I don't know if it's worthy of all the acclaim it's getting. I think it's more of an interesting film to watch from a technical standpoint than anything else, I spent more of my energy thinking about the camera and the way the shots were laid out and the movement of the camera than I did anything else story eh. i mean it, it's 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 another grueling movie from in area two and i halfway through it i 'm thinking to myself, Chris is probably not digging this one bit right no, now no I wasn't. Um, <laughs> because I knew that whole grueling let 's just keep pounding you down, pounding you down you didn 't like that with Babel. you didn't like that with some other films wasn't that him that did Babel. oh yeah. yeah. And I know that's art. not your thing, so I knew as soon as this movie started, this is all this is going to be is two and a half hours of just grueling beating you down. I'll say I was fine with the movie; didn't love it. I thought it was good. I thought, technically speaking, it was really craftful, craft, craftfully made with the camera. And I will give DiCaprio props from a physical performance. I thought this was a very, very well done physical performance. This is not a movie with a lot of dialogue. No. So he's having to speak with his body language and actions. I think, you know, if the award was more honed into best actor showing absolute trauma and bodily injury and uh, despair, yep, he's got it. But the fact of the matter is, does that make a best performance? I'm wrestling with that. Is that truly enough? Just watching someone go through pain and anguish for two and a half hours to justify a best actor. I don't know. And I'm really, I'm asking honestly as an open question. I don't know. Right. I think he was fascinating to watch. I'm just not quite sure if I can really say this was an absolute great acting performance. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Um, and I know where you're going to go with your review. So I'm just trying to get all my accolades <laughs> all the way now. So sure. then you can, you can beat it down. But I would just say story didn't do much for me. It's really set up the frame and then beat this guy down for two hours. Yep. And that's not my type of movie either. But technically speaking, it was interesting to watch all the way through. I found myself almost getting a little bit of a Terrence Malick feel through a lot of the films, of a lot of movement of scenic and nature and shots that I, I liked. Uh, and the look of the film was really good, too. DiCaprio, a great physical performance. I just can't decide if I really think it's a good performance or not. Yeah. So anyway, I, that's where I am. Go ahead and take it away.
2: So, you know, as as per usual with Mr. too like – Everything about Birdman I liked, with the exception of the fact he was the director and what he was banging us over the head with. Mm -hmm. But like, I liked a lot of the performances. I liked kind of the the setting and some of the other stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. I think it was kind of a one-trick pony where it was like supposed to be one continuous take. And you know, although there were some you know tricks in there that made it not that kind of annoy me. But whatever, I kind of you know Mm -hmm. this movie. Granted, you know, when I got to see it, I'd heard a lot of the hype that they shot in these conditions. This isn't like sets. They shot in the wintertime. They shot and, you know, the, DiCaprio looks cold because he is cold mm-hmm. and you know, all this. Um, and it's just so, to me, so irritating that all of an r movies just seem to come with this baggage mm-hmm. that it's just like, Oh, admire his performance. Cause he really was suffering as an actor and he really was, you know, almost getting frostbite and he really was, you know, all this stuff. And it's just like, ah, why can't it just be a movie? Why does everything have to be so overwrought? Um, DiCaprio, I like him as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like you say, I'm not sure if I should admire it from an acting perspective or just from the fact that DiCaprio was able to do anything other than just yell at the director. I can't believe you're making me do this. <laughs> you know, So should he get an Oscar yeah. for that? Like just right. being to put up with it. See, it was more of like a marathon. Like he's on a single
1: episode of survivor yeah. making this movie. And, That's kind of my argument. I don't know if it's a good acting performance or just a endurance performance. It's not bad
2: acting. It's just, is it acting as much as it is him just suffering? I actually leaned over to my wife at one point while we were watching the movie and I said, I hope, because we were about maybe halfway, I said, I hope he actually doesn't speak for the rest of this movie. He'd spoken a little bit at the beginning with his son before mm-hmm. he got mauled. And I was like, I hope he actually doesn't speak. Cause that would be an amazing Oscar winning performance. If all he basically does is shiver And grunt, and for that he wins an Oscar. Like he didn't actually have to memorize dialogue; he just had to like shiver, grunt, and act miserable. Which, if you'd been mauled by a bear and then had to survive, you would be. Mm -hmm. But you know that was. But he did end up having maybe two pages of dialogue later in the movie.
1: Right. Yeah. Still, still sparse. But still
2: sparse. But I just, and I think the number one thing for me was if I'm going to embrace the positive of this movie. Was the cinematography and was the setting? You know, I did mm. see it in a theater. I saw it on a huge screen, mm. um, and it it was really well shot. And there yeah. were a lot of beautiful nature scenes, and which did contrast interestingly to the suffering that was going on by, you know, the Douglas was it Douglas Glass characters? That what you said his name was? No, or a, Hugh Glass? Hugh Glass. Um, so that that was interesting, but it just wasn't enough for to keep me interested for two and a half hours. Mm. Tom Hardy, I also yeah, he was good. I also liked he was him. Good. Um he was good. I, I was kind of surprised, I will give it, you know, there again like a brief moment that felt completely out of place but was nice of kind of a saving a saving grace moment, kind of a little moment of respite in between all this suffering that DiCaprio does, he encounters another kind of another kind of outcast. Mm. And at one point they're just catching snow on their tongues. Yeah. And although I thought the moment went on a little long (laughs) because Mm. I felt like, you know, but I liked the moment. I thought it was kind of an unexpected moment, some moments of grace. And you're kind of like, wow, that's like a nice restful moment. These people are having. Of course, bad things end up happening. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) So as you would expect and misery ensues not long after that, but there was that moment. So I think the movie, I wouldn't recommend the movie. Mm. Um, big surprise, and, you know. I actually I look comparing it to the rest of his work. I like Birdman better than I like this movie. Oh yeah it's worth seeing if you can see it in a theater just for like the cinematography. I think it is better and does more for the story than like we talked about the cinematography of hateful eight. I think both mm-hmm. movies were well shot, but this had more going on Used nature more effectively. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, these are both movies that took place in the snow. You have mm-hmm. hateful eight or some parts in the snow, hateful eight and revenant. Um, so I'd give it props for that. I think Capturing the suffering of Mr. DiCaprio, or maybe it's his character if he's acting, is interesting. There's something to talk about there. But it wasn't overall interesting, but it's it was on screen. And it's something that I think like yeah. years from now will be like people will be like, oh, yeah, that movie where that one guy suffers all the time. You
1: know? Well, <laughs> so, I, I, I liked it obviously better than you did. I did not like it anywhere near as much as Birdman. Sure. I like it more from its technical standpoint than I do the story or the content in general. I really try hard to look at the movies, each one as its own individual silo, and not try to bring what I know this director's other body of work is. I have a hard time doing that a lot of times. Like Tim Burton and Wes Anderson, I'm always looking at their films as, well, how is this compared to what they've done before? And are they going to do the same thing or not? So with their too, it's it's. I did find myself not comparing it to Birdman because I do think Birdman is a little more unique of his film. It is. Film, it absolutely uh, uh, is. Uh, uh, film a biography. But I did see a lot of babble, and I saw a lot of other things where it's just that grueling nature of just let's keep piling on the things going wrong for this individual. So, well, and I
2: think, you know, you're right. Every movie should be judged independently of others. Mm-hmm. You can reference them, but you know, overall it should stand on its own. And I guess he is such a, strong force when directing wise and theme wise, he kind of brings these themes yeah. to all of it. So it's kind of hard to ignore. And I guess just as a point of reference, it was interesting to me that I liked this movie less than I liked Birdman. <laughs> so that right. was just, you know, yeah.
1: well, let me ask you a question only because, sure. and I know, uh, you know, from a marketing perspective, we shouldn't be promoting other film podcasts, but I don't care. I want to, because I think this is good. We both listen to a film podcast, uh, film spotting, which I do recommend if you like our show, You'll like film spotting because they've been doing it a lot longer than we have. And they kind of inspired us to get started. Right. They did a little joint review of Hateful Eight and The Revenant. Yes. So let me ask you, did you like this better or worse than The Hateful Eight? Because there are a lot of similarities between the films. There
2: are. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: I'll tell you, I liked it a lot better than Hateful Eight. Really? Hateful Eight still, I really have some struggles with.
2: See, I, I, I think I liked Hateful Eight better. Really? Um, but see, that's, it's unfair, too, because a lot of that's baggage of Tarantino baggage. Well, I
1: was going to say, you so, came in very disappointed with Hateful Eight. I was. But it sounds like even even disappointing Tarantino is still better than typical Enneritu.
2: Yes. Okay. I would agree with that All statement. Right. And, uh, you know, both are accomplished directors, and both – See, that's the thing. Like with Tarantino, I feel like at least he shifts up his messages that he may beat you over the head with. Whereas (laughs) Mm. in R2, he kind of has this thing and he, you know, so I I don't know. Um, So that's interesting. You actually prefer the Revenant over I
1: do. And mainly because I'm not looking at the Revenant for any kind of message. I don't look for it for theme. I don't look for it for message. To me, it's a survival. It's a, we want to show as technically proficiently as possible what, a survival story could have looked like back in the 1820s in this environment. Sure. And for me, it worked. I generally need more from my movies than that, but I was okay with just that bare minimum of what I got in this one. And DiCaprio, I thought, did a fine job with the role he was asked to play. I think Tom Hardy was really good. I enjoyed watching it truly from the technical standpoint. But if you had told me that, you know, another director were to do this and it was going to be shot in a very flat, uninteresting way, no interest whatsoever. Yeah. Actually. Whatsoever.
2: The movie I kind of hear you describing where you know, the movie, this movie, The Revenant, is based on a book, I believe, and it's also based supposedly on true events that did happen right. to some dude. Mm-hmm. Um if they took this as showing somebody surviving, like all these different like kind of MacGyverisms that he came up with to survive and all these different things, and did not include Having a Native American tie with his son, and then this ghost wife that keeps popping up all over the place. If they'd taken away all that stuff and really made it gritty, even though it would have been typical in R2 that somebody is suffering, but that if they'd made it more of a realistic, I guess, like practical struggle to stay mm-hmm. alive, as opposed to just showing, I don't know, like that movie actually would have been more
1: interesting. Well, see, I me. feel like we got that for the most part. I think obviously when it got a little, some imagery in there, some somewhat dream sequences, some you know, it strayed for a little bit, but I mean, I still feel like we got a lot of survival based instincts, you and know, I, I
2: feel like he was so interested in instead of the survival instincts, he was just interested on the revenge aspect, mm, um, yeah. which, you know, is there, obviously the I guy think that drives a lot
1: more of the emotion of the story. So um, I liked it. I I don't like it anywhere as near as Birdman and I'm not going to go out and recommend it to everybody I see, (laughs) but I do think it's worth seeing from a technical standpoint. And I think just from a spectacle standpoint, I'm just, I'm still wrestling with whether or not I think DiCaprio acted. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's the whole thing I'm wrestling with. If he wins best actor, I will applaud it. And I will probably applaud it more from a body of work standpoint than I would the Revenant specifically. I think what he does from a, physical standpoint is pretty impressive in this film right but i just don't know again if he's really just reacting to the conditions he's in or if it's truly acting it seems
2: seems, you know historically oscars have given things to performances where people have lost a lot of weight or have like all these like stories about the shooting conditions yeah so uh, yeah
1: i think Uh, he's gonna win it that's just my prediction right now i think he is I think it will be a combination of this being a very grueling performance and the fact that he's never won before. Right. I think all that combined, I think this is going to be his year. Okay. So that's The Revenant. It is uh, doing pretty good box office. It's out there uh, for people to see. So let's go ahead and move on to our second review, which is the uh, latest film starring up and coming actress Brie Larson. The film is Room. This is our chance. Thank Thank you you for letting us do this interview. We're grateful to hear your story. Thank you to everyone who sent their good thoughts and their prayers. For five years, you made life in that small room, that prison, as nurturing and normal as you could. Mom, I'm five. You're five. So old now. You are so old now.
2: And yep. hey, do you know what we're going to do today? What? We are going to bake
1: a birthday cake. You chose to tell Jack that room was the whole world, that there was nothing else. Lenny Abramson, the director of Room, uh, last graced the movie screens with the film Frank.
2: Which to, also graced this podcast.
1: It did. We <laughs> talked about Frank, and that was uh, one of my favorite actors at the, at, at the moment, uh, Mr. Steve Jobs, Mr. Michael Fassbender, uh, playing Frank, the guy in the giant papier-mâché head in a rock band. So it was a really interesting note when I saw that his next film was going to be Room, an adaptation of a novel written by Emma, Emma Donahue who also wrote the novel. She did the screenplay adapted for this as well. And the story is uh, Jack and his mother. Jack's a five-year-old kid. They're basically Ray. well, Jack was raised in a single room, basically a shed by an abductor who abducted his mom when she was a teenager. And uh, they're now growing up in room together. And the film she talks about their experience in room, and then it goes into some interesting places that I don't know how much we want to spoil story I mean, I think it's okay to say that uh, some of the film does take place outside of Room. Is that safe to at least say from a story standpoint? We maybe We've, don't have to go into plot details of how it gets there. But, sure. Um, I think if you watch the trailer, you kind of get that Yeah, area, you pretty much so. see that there are parts of it after Room, in right. a way. But we have uh, Brie Larson starring as the mom. Uh, we have Jacob Tremblay as the young five-year-old boy. And uh, that is Room. So, Chris, my question to you um, you liked Frank. I did too. We didn't love it. We thought it was okay. Right. I know you really liked the ending of it with the ending music song. I did really like um, the ending of it. I think we both liked the performances of Fassbender, but we wish the movie could have been a little more. We liked it, but we just wanted more out of it than it gave us.
2: And I think it went into it kind of like with this movie in a way, uh, went into it with really high expectations because yeah. it did have Fassbender. It had kind of a cool idea with it. Just. Random dude with a giant paper mache head, music movies, which both of us seem to appreciate. Uh-huh, so, yeah, it had kind of a lot going for it. And it wasn't that it was bad, but just our, you know, it's that whole, the deep expectations. We wanted more out of it. I know. We
1: yeah. definitely wanted more out of it. So, I'm going to guess you probably went into this with less, lower expectations than you did, Frank. So, knowing that, how did, how did you come out on your expectation scale? Did this meet, exceed expectations, or were you still let down even with your lower expectations this time around?
2: No, I, I, my expectations were met. Okay. Um, the expectations going in were that I was going to see a, you know, Oscar winning possibly, but definitely Golden Globe winning because it had been announced by this time performance by uh, Brie Larson, and I absolutely got that.
1: Okay, so uh, she, you were happy with her performance?
2: I was. I thought she did great. Um, we talked about her. I've, I think either you or I, or maybe both of us, have recommended Short Term Twelve in yes, the past. Another absolutely. movie that she was in uh, prior to this, and uh, she. Is just one of the best actresses, I think, working today. I'm with you uh, on that. She, you know, she can, her face is very expressive. She seems very natural. She never seems to be acting with a capital A. You Mm -hmm. know, so Mm -hmm. it's, she's, you know, loud when she needs to be, but not just, I don't know. It's just very natural acting. I agree. Um, Now, the thing that I had also, another one of these expectations that I went in and wasn't let down, even though I was surprised that I wasn't let down was the one performance by Jacob Tremblay. And I heard prior to this, like, Oh yeah. And the kid's great too. And uh, you had seen the movie prior to me watching Mm -hmm. it. And you'd kind of mentioned a little bit about the kid and said, didn't say how you felt about the movie, but did, did say kind of like, yeah, the kid's great. And when the nominations for Oscars were announced and he wasn't one of them for like, you know, actor or even supporting actor, you're kind of like, really? Um, Yeah. Surprising that this kid is that
1: good. I, I will tell you. Um, Too bad, like, Boyhood wasn't with this kid. <laughs> well, oh my gosh, yeah. Um, I, I, I know you were a little lukewarm on the film. I think you liked it, but it didn't do a whole lot more for you than that.
2: And without going into spoiler territory, I probably... If you Okay, people, you know, we've said this before. If you haven't seen the trailer
1: for this yeah. movie, don't. That really did hurt. Um, because the trailer does tell Something you about the
2: trailer kind of explains some stuff and there weren't, there weren't any surprises in the movie. I
1: completely agree. I and was actually going to say that's my one caution to everybody. It
2: did, it did not ruin the movie, mm. but
1: I would have liked it, it a lot more. It gave
2: me some signposts and
1: that was unfortunate. I went in thinking after the first 10 minutes, Oh my gosh, this whole movie is going to be blank in this setting yeah. style type thing. And the fact that it changed when it did, Unfortunately, I knew that from the trailer, and if I'd gone in without knowing that from the trailer, I think I would have been in for a much more invested experience all the way through.
2: And I'll say to the writer of the book and the writer of the screenplay, because it's one of the same, and also the director's credit, I feel like um, it, this movie could have gone in a very Hollywood direction. Yes, and it did not, and that surprised me, considering how much press this movie's getting. And I thought, like, okay, I expect certain things to happen, certain notes to be hit. And they really weren't. Well, and also, I yeah. have to say too that um, I was sur- <laughs> I was surprised that it just I don't yeah I I, I was surprised that once certain events I, it's hard to without I spoiling am. stuff it's I was surprised that they let the mother be as flawed as she was. Thank that's you. how I'm going to, it was hard to work
1: around. That. Well, let me, but let me just tell you, Chris, they don't
2: make her out to be this angel. She's yeah. flawed. And that's important. I think
1: I'm going on record saying, I really did some careful evaluation. Room is definitely one of my top three films wow. from last year. Okay. Um, I saw it twice. And I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I think Brie Larson is awesome. I think she's a great actress. I think Jacob Tremblay is the boy is the best child performance I've seen in a long time. Okay. And to the point where, I mean, he was the lead actor in this film. Uh He actually had more screen time than Brie Larson did and he carried this film. I mean, he made it work. There were so many points where a bad child performance would have really brought you out of this film. And I don't feel like we ever had those moments.
2: I don't either. And I think there's some times too, where to his credit, to the director's credit, Mm -hmm. maybe because he may have been, you know, coaching him Mm -hmm. and helping him with this. But there's some instances where the performance could have been sugary.
1: Oh, absolutely!
2: <laughs> and they weren't. It was just yeah. simple, understated delivery of lines that that worked. And there are also some performance. There's early in the film too when he's in room with his mom. Things could have almost been a little stereotypical. This is a young child being bratty, or this mm. is a young child, and like still, it just seemed natural and didn't seem overdone for the effect of trying Not to make a a point. It's just.
1: Not a bit. No, I'm, I, I thought it so natural with their two performances and their interactions with one another. There is, a, there is a moment in the film, a decision is made, an action is taken that leads to the second half of the film that I have a really hard time believing right. would have transpired the way it did. Right. And it did bring me out of the film. That's my one caveat with the film that keeps me from absolutely saying this is an extraordinary film. I did love this film, and I'm willing to overlook this really ten minute, fifteen-minute sequence in the middle.
2: Sure.
1: That while thrilling and well shot and well directed, the story, the plot story the story steps that have to make this happen are very hard to to to, to believe, I feel like. Yeah, and now I, my understanding is the book it was based on the book and it's that happened in the book. The book probably had a lot more to help describe how this was able to happen. Right. But I just felt like having to rush it through the film, like you have to in a 90 minute to 120 minute film, it was just really hard for me to believe that they were able to do this action that led to the second half what of the I, film.
2: I think it didn't bother me without spoilers or anything. It didn't bother me, but I can see where you're coming from. And mm-hmm. I think the the issue was this film is pretty grounded. You know, the performances yeah. are very grounded Unfortunately, situations like this of somebody being taken prisoner and held against their will and being sexually assaulted, things like this have happened. Mm -hmm. And so because this is so grounded in reality, when you have the 10 or 15 minutes that you're talking about that seem like too perfect for things to coincide, Mm -hmm.
1: it's kind of a moment of disbelief. Well, I never want a movie like this to be looking at the characters and what they're saying and doing and saying, you've got to be kidding me. Really? Right they're really going to let this happen or this is good. This character is going to take this action and take for granted something. It was hard for me. It was really hard. I watched it twice in a row and I had a hard time with that middle set, that middle plot device both times outside of that. I think it's an extraordinary film. Um, I wish that, that, that switch had been made a little more tactfully from a, from a storytelling standpoint, but uh, Jacob Tremblay, Awesome talent! Cannot wait to see what he does next. I'm I'm on board with with Lenny Abramson as a director now. I, I think the thing I really admired about this is that the style was so different than 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 Frank. Oh, I and they I, were I, both well directed.
2: I am too. I yeah. think, yeah, I, I didn't. You know, we hadn't met Lenny Abramson before right. Frank. We met him. We're like, well, okay. I didn't love the film. Wanted to like it more, but what and the directing I style reason. was very
1: flat and frank, I thought. It wasn't really anything extraordinary. This one had a lot of personality to the directing.
2: I feel like, yeah. And if I heard, I'm interested to see the next Lenny Abramson mm-hmm. joint based on his first two films yeah. that I'm aware of. I can't I wait to see like his next stuff. I'll tell you one thing, too. Joan Allen, mm-hmm. I think she gets some points for like, you know, she didn't have a lot of screen time. She plays um, Brie Larson's mother. Mm-hmm in the film. And I thought she was the moments that she has with Brie Larson, but also with the son, Jack, I thought those were were really well done.
1: Well, and I will give credit, even though I can take fault with the one moment in the film from a story standpoint, everything after that point I thought was dead on spot. Perfect. The flawed nature of the mom was perfect. I mean, it really just was perfect. The way the interactions mom has with, other family members. Mm -hmm. Some people may look at that and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're interacting this way. And she, you know, after all she's been through, no, no, that's totally what would probably happen when these characters are now together and they hadn't been. And it's just, I I get it. I totally got it. The jarring moments of interaction between people totally made sense. The actions mom takes later in the film totally make sense. I mean, it's just they all make sense, and that's what I needed out of this. I wanted a very grounded drama, and this was very realistic. I totally saw, except for that one moment, everything totally worked the way I thought it should in a real-life drama like this. So, again, I'll give most of the credit to the, the screenwriter for right. that. But I do think the director did a great job of making it just flow and work together so nice. The shots inside of room, the fact that this is a 8-foot-by-8-foot room or 10-foot-by-10-foot room... Somehow they were able to shoot it to where you felt like you were in a much, much bigger space. You know,
2: here's here's something else. That, and this is all on me. Mm-hmm. It is not on the director. It is not on me. It is on me. And it's a, in a rare instance where it's not that, well, the preview did spoil a little bit, but it's mm-hmm. not the preview's fault this time. It's the movie poster's fault. Mm-hmm. Not knowing, you know, I knew what, about the film, the you know basic plot line. But going into the film, I thought there was going to be some for lack of a better term, magical realism used hmm. in making room seem like it was the whole world to this boy. And that's yeah. just because looking at the movie poster,
1: that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs>
2: and it is all my fault and it has nothing to do. Yeah, I don't but get because, that But it, because but. of that, because of that, I think I was a little like, I was a little disappointed. Because you wanted a more would,
1: imaginative view of what life's like, like inside there. Like seeing
2: room through the boy's eyes. Oh, yeah. And seeing how, like, you know, as opposed to, like, you just see it as it is. So I think that, and I think I think it was fine to do that, to show, yeah. like, the mother's, like, this is the reality. But then getting inside the boy's head and seeing things maybe through his eyes as how he thinks room is...
1: Well, I'm kind of glad they didn't world. go that I route because I, I didn't want anything fantastical with this. I, I, I well, like the fact that it was so
2: grounded in reality.
1: The kids looking around at bare but, brown walls. But maybe and, if they
2: had been a little, not fantastical, but a little more imaginative, maybe it would have made that one part that you
1: have problems with more believable. No, that was just purely they needed a few more lines of dialogue and a few more decision points to be made between the characters for me to go along with that happening. And it, I actually found that there was a ment- there's a plot point in the book. That is not covered in the film. Right. That after hearing this from people who said they've read the book, if that plot point had been discussed in the film, it would have made made these decisions between the abductor and the mom more believable. Sure. I would have bought it more. I got you. As it is now, I'm watching it and I'm thinking, I cannot believe that they're letting this happen, (laughs) that this is going this way. Uh, And it goes as perfectly as it does. That just didn't work for me.
2: Something that is unusual for me to like as much as it was used, but the voiceover narration done by Jack, he kind Mm. of talks at different points during the movie, kind of narrating things that are happening. And I was surprised that I liked it as much as I did. And I think one of the reasons that I did like it is because it, Made the subject matter easier to watch. The oh, movie yeah. is tough to watch because of how the woman's abducted and it, all this it stuff, is, but, but it, it made it because you're seeing it from a child's perspective. It made it not seem as bad because he yeah. doesn't realize right. things
1: are as bad as they are. Well, I think it actually, you know, I went in expecting it to be a very grueling film and it, it wasn't that bad. I think given the subject matter and how shocking and sad and, uh, uh, wrongful the the subject matter is the film did a good job of not letting it it didn't pull an arrow to and just beat us over the head with it No, okay. It didn't. imagine him directing the first half of this film <laughs> it would have just been grueling and yeah. this was not grueling there were actually moments that were very hopeful and yeah. happy in the first half of the yeah. film and I think it was a nice balance and I think the fact that we got the narration from the kid like we did really I agree with you I think that helped a lot um, it helped us automatically see his perspective without having to see it visually sure we hear him talk about it and we could totally understand where he's coming from as a five-year-old kid i i love the film i think it's great wholeheartedly endorse and recommend i know it's the long shot it will not win best picture but i would not be i I would be be totally happy if it was sure brie larson has got to win best actress though i just i feel like that (laughs) has to happen and i hope if she goes up on stage i hope she brings uh Jacob Tremblay up there with him because he should have gotten something out of this. I'm I, sorry. Yeah. He, you cannot make a five-year-old act as good as this kid <laughs> did without there being some talent in, involved in there. So,
2: anyway.
1: sure. all right. So that's our two reviews, the Revenant and room. We do have to cut the episode short. So we are apologies for not having a recommendation or movie news, but I tell you what, stay tuned for the next episode. Cause not only will we have another review, but we are going to talk about Oscar nominations and we're going to talk about our best films of 2015, correct? Correct, and we'll yeah, we'll mention we kind of touched on a little bit of Oscar nomination stuff here, but we'll yeah, we'll really dissect them. Really That'll be coming out before the Oscar ceremony, so correct. you'll have time to listen to that episode and hear our thoughts on the nominations before the ceremony itself. So it may be a little bit of a supersized episode next time, possibly. Possibly. Best of 2015 Oscar nominations, and we will have a review. Uh, looks like of the film spotlight right yes. now, if all goes well with our schedule. So that's what we have coming up. Again, we apologize for it being a little briefer episode than normal um, but that gives us another couple of weeks to come up with even more recommendations and news to talk about as we need to so all right so this is Chris and Alan for Foot Candle Films getting ready to sign off again if you want to check out any of our past episodes you can go to themesh.tv, look it up go online on iTunes and search for Foot Candle Films you can find all of our episodes and download any of them for free and sync them up to your local mobile device thanks a lot and we'll talk to you next time see you in the ticket
2: line